Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. Will Brinson on the NFL live in about 30 minutes. CBS Sports senior NFL writer, co-host of the Pick 6 podcast. Jim Zoki joins us on all things Panthers. There is one fighting for jobs on the bottom half of the roster preseason game left. It will be the Panthers hosting the Steelers on Thursday night as all 32 teams are in action. Regular season not too, too far away in that sport. College football's regular season, of course, has begun. Lewis Bowling will drop by later. He has literally written the book on Alabama football and Duke football. Those two play each other this weekend. Coach Cut taking the Blue Devils to Atlanta, where Nick Saban and the number two Alabama Crimson Tide are waiting. That'll be a national TV game on ABC. And the ACC as a whole is front and center. As we bring in our guest, as promised, he is a North Carolina native born in Goldsboro. He was raised in the Fayetteville area. He was a team captain for Jerry Wainwright with the UNC Wilmington Seahawks basketball program. Still has a lot of family and friends here in the great state of North Carolina. He's been a friend to us at the David Glenn Show. Nowadays, he is the Boston College Athletic Director after some time working at Ohio State and elsewhere. Martin Jarmond, welcome back to the David Glenn Show. How are you? I'm good, brother. How are you doing? I'm doing really well. We are excited. I've been at this ACC thing for 33 years, Martin. I know I look so much younger than that, but it is true. Uh, I remember years where there were not many reasons to be excited about ACC football, even in years where maybe we were all excited about basketball and baseball and a hundred other sports, it felt like. Tell us the backdrop as the launch is here, as, as your Eagles host Virginia Tech, as the ACC Network is launching, as Clemson is preseason number one, as your running back A.J. Dillon is an, another superstar that this league has to offer on the gridiron specifically. How do you paint that picture of ACC football now, maybe compared to whatever you grew up with here in North Carolina a while back? Well, I have to tell you first and foremost, David, that this is an honor and a privilege to to be with you uh, because I learned a lot about you and your show uh, from my dad cool. at Jarman. Listens to you every day. Awesome. So, so I can tell you out of the past year, the things that I've done, nothing has excited him <laughs> or my mom as much as, as being on this show. So I want to say, Hey to mom and dad, Matt and Virginia Jarman. Hopefully they're listening. Very cool. Uh, <laughs> but yes, we're excited. I mean, the ACC network is a game changer for us. Uh, and if you think about it, uh, not just from an athletic standpoint. Obviously, it helps recruiting because we're going to be international now and see way more games for all of our sports. But it also helps recruiting just for the university. It puts our brand out in ways that we've never had our brand out before and highlights that. So, uh, you know, we just started school yesterday. Uh, we, this past weekend, we had some international kids that were coming to campus, moving in freshmen. And I would say a, a good percentage of them the way that they were introduced to Boston College was through athletics, through sports, and seeing them, whether it's you know, Germany or Switzerland. Uh, so the brand and the ACC network is critical to all of the ACC schools as far as making sure everybody understands what great institutions we have. Just so everybody knows, whereas Matt and Virginia Jarman, Martin's mom and dad, 
uh, have regular David Glenn show guest at the top of his resume or near it. He is officially one of the 40 under 40 as named by the Sports Business Journal earlier this year. So this is a guy who's getting a lot done way beyond the DG show. He's just being nice and we appreciate that as he visits us from Boston College. Eagles hosting Virginia Tech, UVA against Pittsburgh. These are ACC network games. You came from Big Ten country, and I know the Big Ten yep. Network launched 12 years ago, took a little while to gain traction. It was not like, you know, this awesome success story on launch day, but it certainly became an amazing success story financially and otherwise. What did you think about launch day on August 22nd, where I know the ACC Network on launch day had a lot more than even the Pac-12 network has seven years after launch and a lot more than the Big Ten network had on its launch 12 years ago this month. If you look at it, the ACC network had the largest number of eyeballs for any of the networks for any of the conferences when it launched, uh, which is a success for Commissioner Swafford and the entire league. Uh, unbelievable. You know, I was at Michigan State when the Big Ten network started. Uh, that was one of the first ones, and there were a lot of growing pains. And it, it didn't take – probably took a good 18 months before some of the major carriers got involved. Uh, so I saw that, and just the way that this was thought out, uh, the execution, uh, the product. I don't know if you've seen it yet, but it's just it's top quality yeah, yeah. production. Uh, and that matters, you know, because you want to put your brand out in the best foot forward. And so uh, that's, that's how people perceive us, whether it's Clemson, B.C., uh, Georgia Tech, you know, that, that matters. And so I can tell you I've been pleased, uh, very impressive production quality. Um, it's exciting. It's exciting. It's, it's, it's definitely – and we're excited this Saturday. You know, I was going to be on the ACC Network. Right. You know, so, so B.C., Vitek, 4 o'clock, ACC Network, two of our first three games on the ACC Network. Uh, we're going to be playing Kansas on a Friday night, ACC Network, on uh, September 13th. So that's that's exciting. I mean, that's, that's a game changer for us, and it puts us in some prime time spots that, you know, maybe normally we might not have. We've had a lot of ADs on. Some of them, uh, your colleague Whit Babcock at Virginia Tech, not only promised us, hey, I personally as a customer and changing my TV carrier, in his case, he left Comcast and joined another carrier that is carrying the ACC network. I can't remember which one he joined off the top of my head. But it was YouTube TV, my producer report. tells me. He said he went to the transfer portal. So That's right, the TV <laughs> transfer portal. I love that. But here we are, Martin. You know the deal. Not You mentioned your game, and, of course, that's the one you should be thinking about the most. But for a college football fan or an ACC fan, it's Georgia Tech at Clemson only on the ACC Network Thursday. Utah State with the best offensive player in the Mountain West in their quarterback, Jordan Love, visiting Wake Forest Friday night only on the ACC Network. And depending on your time slot, it's ECU at NC State, a rivalry your family knows well here in North Carolina, at noon on the ACC Network, followed by your game, Hokies at Eagles, followed by UVA at Pitt, also on the ACC Network. I wonder how BC fans responded. I don't know if you put out the same kind of APB request, hey, please call your providers. Your grassroots movement matters because these carriers listen. I'll share a quick uh, quote with you, and then you let me know how that unfolded from your perspective. You probably know Tony Barnhart, Mr. College Football. You know, he's been at this stuff since the 1970s. His quote was, if, if a Big Ten fan wasn't sure he or she was getting the Big Ten network, he might write an email 
or maybe even place a somewhat angry phone call. He said in the SEC, a fan who doesn't think their carrier is going to have the SEC network might threaten to burn somebody's house down. <laughs> so how has that passion factor unfolded? I don't even know what the main carriers are for your fan base, much of with which lives in the, you know, the New England area. How have you seen that unfold? Because, you know, all but really two enormous carriers are already signed up. Yes, I mean, again, we're, we're blessed and fortunate to be in a position where a lot of them came on board before it started. Um, obviously, a big one here in the state of Massachusetts is Comcast. Yeah. They have not yet. And, you know, what we've done is we've just let our fans know that two of our first three football games are going to be on ACC Network. Yeah. And if you want to catch the Eagles, uh, there's some other providers as well that do that. But let, let Comcast know, you know, that you want the ACC Network. Um, there's four national outlets already that cover us, so. What I have, Hulu TV and YouTube TV and Verizon Fios and, um, you know, Sony PlayStation. But, but it's, it's been a grassroots. I, I actually wrote a letter to every one of our student-athletes' parents uh, just telling them if you want to see your son or daughter this year yeah. uh, on the ACC network, this is the way to go. And let your carrier know if they're not covering or carrying the ACC network to, to let them know because that matters. And so uh, it's, it's, it's unfolding. It's a, it's a process. You know, it's not going to happen overnight, obviously. But, you know, we, we've got a lot of people already at the table, so we're thankful to that. But, but we're going we're gonna to see really soon here with two of our first three games on the HD network. Would you rather be a customer service representative receiving a phone call from Matt Jarmond? or Virginia Jarmond if they were unable to get the ACC network as the parents of one of these prestigious ACC athletic directors? You know, I would probably want to hear from Matt Jarmond. My dad's a, a talker, kind of gift of gab guy, but, but my mom, mama's really got the fire. He's a, he's a quiet <laughs> storm, and so she not let his mama off. So I, I would probably say Matt, not Virginia. Maybe we'll maybe we'll hire Dad. I mean, he probably I don't know. There, it's not my business what carrier they have, but maybe Matt could like negotiate a deal by the by the end of a conversation with Comcast. Mr. Jarman has cut a deal. How about that? <laughs> I like that, and and you know, that goes for a lot of fans in North Carolina. I mean, the one thing that you guys know that we've had a lot of success with North Carolina kids. Uh, you know, Jerome Robinson from Raleigh Broughton was on yeah. you know lottery pick and. And uh, Kai Bowman last year out of Havelock. Uh, this year we've got the, the Hamilton brothers in basketball, both of them significant yeah. contributors from Charlotte. And uh, John Lamott is going to be one of our starting linebackers, and he's from North Carolina. So we need everybody in North Carolina to make sure they got the ACC network because, uh, you know, it's, it's an exciting time for us and it's an exciting time for the league. We've been talking with you for a couple of years. We've been talking to your football coach, Steve Adazio, for a lot of years. And what is it, five of his six seasons, he has had seven win campaigns exactly. So, I mean, the upside is you're going to a bowl almost every year. The downside is, you know, you know the deal. After a while, fans want to see more than seven wins. I've never heard Coach more optimistic than what he was at Operation Kickoff. I mean, he's raving, of course, about A.J. Dillon. We can all see that at running back. But he's raving about Anthony Brown. He's raving about his offensive line. In a league where everybody starts the conversation with Clemson, uh, what's the Eagles' attitude? I mean, I imagine they think they can be as good as anybody else on the season. And uh, when you face Clemson head-to-head, you know, you never say never. You know, our attitude is, no pun intended, the sky's the limit. You yep. know, right now, 
Uh, Steve loves his team. We're healthy. And he's got a lot of talent. Uh, we had a lot of guys go. Most most guys that we've had get into the NFL and camps than we've had in probably 20 years. And he's just really built the program to where our talent level is exceptional. So uh, he's excited. I'm excited. Uh, but, you know, you just got to find out Saturday. You know, that's, that's when it all starts. And uh, I don't like to make predictions, but I do know uh, the kind of caliber kid that he's recruited and the talent that we have and, and some of the practices I've seen. These guys are ready. They're ready to roll. You are now a recruiter for Boston College in a sense. Uh, I will share that my one and only daughter, Avery, is taking a trip to your alma mater, UNC Wilmington. Uh, she's a rising high school senior, so she's checking out a lot of in-state and out-of-state schools. Uh, you're far away from us now, but what can you tell us about being a team captain for Jerry Wainwright and uh, whatever else you took from that college experience as an athlete at UNCW? Oh, UNCW, I'm the Seahawks, feel the teal. I, I love my experience there. Tell your daughter that she um, cannot pick a better school uh, than, than UNC Wilmington. Uh, I, I love that place. And Coach Wainwright and uh, the program that he built, you know, my junior year we got to the NCAA tournament for the first time, and then they kind of got on a roll. And um, Obviously they've had some great coaches there, Brad Brownell at Clemson and Kevin Keith, but um, it's, it's a great place. You know, it's a great place to live. It's a great place to go to school. And, um, you know, that athletic program has been on the rise for some time. But, uh, but I learned a lot from Coach Wainwright and our, our basketball program to see it through and, and toughness and grit. And, uh, you know, it's not always easy. Uh, but anything worthwhile is never going to be easy. And so if you embrace that, that mentality and have that grind, see it through, uh, then you're going to be okay. And that's kind of what Coach Wainwright and, and UNCW, that program, instilled in me and uh, my other teammates as well. Martin, Love that place. Martin Jarman, and a shout-out to listeners Matt and Virginia Jarman here in North Carolina. Great to hear your <laughs> voice again, man. It's always great to see you in person as well. Keep up the good work and keep us on speed dial, uh, and congratulations on uh, what you've put together in a regular, relatively short period of time at Boston College. Thanks, brother. I appreciate it, and I look forward to uh, – Starting this year, hopefully get to catch you guys again after a, a big win over one of those North Carolina schools. We will talk about it for sure. The invitation will be there. <laughs> Just remember, Darren, we write down Virginia for the fire, Matt for the statesmanship and negotiating skill. And I have a feeling, you, you, might you say that Martin Jarman has a little fire and a lot of statesmanship? I think maybe that's what made him such a good athlete and uh, a good athletic director, right? A little mom, a little dad little mixture. I don't know where the athleticism comes from, but you can hear dad's negotiating skills in Martin, right? I, I've heard that he can be fiery as well. He's probably kind of more in his politician mode when visiting as a writ. He probably was not polite as a UNC, Seahaw UNC Wilmington Seahawk team captain, right, for Jerry Wainwright. Fire. That's the blend. Martin Jarman is the blend of mom and dad. Thanks to them for being regular listeners to the David Glenn Show. 40 under 40 was the article or article earlier this year in the Sports Business Journal. Our guest Martin Jarman, who's in his late 30s, was considered one of those 40 under 40 
in the sports world. 1-800-849-2761 is your ticket into the program. More on the NFL, more on a compelling week one all over college football, state of North Carolina, ACC, ACC Network, and otherwise. A lot of new quarterbacks, handful of first-year head coaches to discuss as well, and allowing for your participation is our lingering question of the day besides Andrew Luck's surprise retirement yesterday or over the weekend. What is the most important thing that's happened to any NFL team so far in this preseason? The Chargers have changed for the worse around Phillip Rivers. That was my answer. We've had other answers all over the NFL. You can be next with yours, 1-800-849-2761. Why is a Jacksonville Jaguars long snapper offering to buy season tickets from frustrated Colts fans who have been asking for their money back? That answer with your calls, 1-800-849-2761. And did you know that U.S. Women's National Team soccer star Carly Lloyd had an invitation to play in an NFL preseason game, meaning this Thursday night? More on that story, too, with more of your calls, 1-800-849-2761. Will Brinson from CBS on more NFL in about 15 minutes. More of your calls and those stories next on The David Glenn Show. Megan Rapinoe is joining us on The David Glenn Show. Not everybody wants to sort of uh, back up Colin Kaepernick. Why are things like that important to you? I think it's all of our responsibility to try to make our country and our society and ultimately the world um, a place that is equal for everyone. This is The David Glenn Show. Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. One thing I promise, then we'll get to Jim Zoki on the Panthers, Will Brinson of CBS, senior NFL writer on all things National Football League. He'll join us not long from now. The one thing I promised is from the NFL, so is the question of the day. Besides Andrew Luck's surprise retirement over the weekend, what's the most important thing that's happened to any NFL team so far in the preseason with the final preseason games looming this Thursday night? I believe the Chargers are the team most impacted. Derwin James probably out for the season with an injury on the defensive side of the ball is one of the best young safeties that the game has to offer. And Melvin Gordon. Ladanian Tomlinson type numbers at running back still holding out and it's not looking promising if you're a Dallas fan I think you can sleep at night believing that Zeke and the Cowboys are going to work something out I don't know the timetable maybe it'll go into the season a little bit as it once did with Emmett Smith but the sounds being made from both sides are such that it feels like a deal is going to get done it's just a matter of the details well things are splintering in the opposite direction in LA where Melvin Gordon's people demanded a trade a month ago. The Chargers kind of rolled their eyes at that, but Phillip Rivers' team is infinitely better with those two guys helping him than without him. That's my answer to the question of the day. We'll take yours at 1-800-849-2761. Why would a Jacksonville Jaguars long snapper offer to buy season tickets from Indianapolis Colts fans who are frustrated to the point of asking and demanding for a refund of their season ticket money from that organization, obviously as a response to Andrew Luck's surprise retirement. Now, you saw the booing from whatever portion of those Colts fans as Andrew Luck left the field on Sunday night. No, it's not Adam Schefter's fault for doing his job. His job is to break news. He doesn't get to call around and ask everybody if it's a convenient time for him to break news. You can be mad at Adam Schefter's source, by the way, 
But the whole blame the media concept has gotten to ridiculous proportions in our country, and that's a glaring example of it. It is not Adam Schefter's job to ask the Colts or the NFL or Andrew Luck or you, is now the right time or is it going to be a little bit more convenient if I break this news an hour from now or a day from now? doesn't work that way. If you want to be mad at the source, go ahead. It's not Adam Schefter's fault in any reasonable you view of the universe. Other Colts fans express their frustration by demanding these refunds. Well, you may not know much about long snappers. They're usually only in the news when they screw up. But this particular long snapper, Matt Overton, is formerly of the Indianapolis Colts. And he is a huge fan of quarterback Andrew Luck. And he vouches for whom? For who? As an on-the-field role model and an off-the-field role model. Yes, indeed. That same 29-year-old quarterback, Andrew Luck. Matt Overton, now of the Jacksonville Jaguars, heard about these Colts fans demanding refunds for their season tickets. And he did what? And I don't know how much this particular long snapper makes, but this is a pretty bold offer. Season tickets are not inexpensive in most NFL cities. He said he posted this on Twitter. To any angry Colts season ticket holders who are seeking a refund, I would be more than happy to buy your season tickets from you and donate them to a place that's called the... Uh, Riley Children's Hospital right there in Indianapolis. To those patients and their families, I am serious, he wrote. All love, comma, Matt, Matt Overton. No word yet on anybody is taking him up on this offer, but I can't think of a better way to turn a massive negative into a wonderful positive. We've worked with a lot of charities over the years here at the David Glenn Show where, whatever, we have something in our prize closet or it goes unclaimed or we build, you know, sick kids in hospitals into the number of tickets that we get from the Panthers or the Hornets or the Hurricanes or one of our college partners or one of our minor league baseball partners here in our statewide listening audience. There are few things more gratifying in my experience in this industry than seeing those kids and those families at those games, given what's going on in their lives, especially at the time. So an unbelievably gracious gesture, putting his money where his mouth is by Matt Overton, now of the Jaguars, formerly of the Indianapolis Colts. Just a little chicken soup for your sports soul today from that corner of the NFL. 1-800-849-2761 is your ticket into the program. Let me talk with Archie in Greensboro. He has the Panthers on his mind. Will Brinson of CBS will continue the NFL conversation on the other side. By the way, in conversations about the next collective bargaining agreement, as we speak, NFL owners are pushing for a longer regular season. We've heard about that for a long time. Or expanded playoffs we've heard about that for a long time in exchange for among other things fewer preseason games I mean who knows this could be the last time we have the four preseason games per team some have five because of the hall of fame game but y'all know the deal the players don't miss them the coaches really don't miss them the fans won't miss them will the owners get more regular season games as part of this trade I that's going to require some creativity and I don't think in this violent sport, the players are ready to sign up for that exactly yet. Archie, what's going on? Welcome to the David Glenn Show. Uh, thanks, DG. Um, the um, the most impactful thing from the preseason for me was um, actually a play in the uh, Panthers-Patriots uh, game. And it's, and it's actually one I, I, I did not see but I heard about uh, in the uh, ra- uh, Panthers uh, radio uh, postgame uh, highlight show. 
uh, apparently at, some, at one point, um, uh, I think it was a punter, maybe a kicker, but special teams uh, uh, player made a tackle and really stuck his nose in and uh, made a good tackle. And apparently nobody on the Panthers' sideline went over and patted him on the head or congratulated him or anything. And the uh, the person who was making the observation was a retired player who was uh, uh, doing the color commentary. And he, he, he that struck him as significant yeah. because it, it it was so indicative of what I think is, has been a Panthers' uh, problem pretty much since their existence, and that is, and it's an attitude issue. You know, you've got plenty of talent, great coaching, et cetera, but they, there's just that, that, there's that sense of urgency that uh, seems to be lacking, that seems to put a ceiling on what they're uh, able to accomplish. And it just occurs to me that David Tepper is a guy who probably takes a view that if you're not getting better, then you're getting worse. Yeah. And uh, it wouldn't surprise me, as much as I love Ron Rivera, a very good coach and, and a better human being, I have no doubt. But uh, this may be his last season if he makes it all season. Well, I'll put it this way. I, w- I wouldn't overreact. I think you're putting your finger on an interesting symptom. I wouldn't overreact to the lack of celebration in a game where the Panthers at that moment were still wondering how, how serious the injury was to their starting quarterback, Cam Newton. So maybe that had something to do with the malaise, right? If David Tepper at any point thought that Ron Rivera's understated personality contributed to a lack of intensity or lack of enthusiasm or lack of passion, David Tepper would cut that cord in a heartbeat, man. That guy's full of passion and vim and vigor. And he brought it to his hedge fund company, and that's why he's worth $13 billion. And he's already brought it to both the city of Charlotte and the Panthers, given what he's done after Jerry Richardson's departure with the Panthers, but also what he's doing trying to lure an MLS team and building a state-of-the-art practice facility or or, uh, team facility headquarters over the border in South Carolina and bringing the new practice bubble already to Charlotte and talking about a multi-purpose stadium within the next decade or so that could house an NFL team and an MLS team the way Atlanta has right now with its state-of-the-art facility. I mean, this guy's a big thinker with the money to back it up and the attitude to back it up. I think that in different ways, Luke Keekley is an intense, fiery, passionate, defensive quarterback, if you will. And Cam's certainly never short on the emotional side of things. So it varies player to player. It varies team to team. Nobody says that Bill Belichick's understated personality costs the Patriots wins because he wins so much. So if Carolina makes the playoffs again this year, that conversation will go away. If the Panthers fail to make the playoffs, and then it's Cam and Ron together only four trips in nine seasons together, and David Tepper sees the culture as part of the problem, yeah. I mean, Ron Rivera would be 0 for 2 at that point as David Tepper's head coach last year and this year. Again, make the playoffs, this goes away. Miss the playoffs, it becomes a much bigger deal. More on that a little bit later in the program. Will Brinson, senior NFL writer for CBS Sports, also co-host of the Pick 6 podcast. We'll talk about Andrew Luck's retirement, the elevation of Jacoby Brissett to the Colts' starting quarterback, the QB derbies elsewhere around the NFL, including the rookies, and the reasonable outlook for the Carolina Panthers, who are not projected by most to be a playoff team, best I could tell, 
at this point in the preseason. Will Brinson on the NFL on the other side. Jim Zoki on the Panthers in 30 minutes. Lewis Bowling on Alabama football and Duke football and their collision this weekend in Atlanta. Coach Cut versus Coach Saban. More on that with Lewis later. Will Brinson on more NFL next. Coach Lou Holtz is joining us. What can you tell us about those four seasons in Raleigh? Everybody from North Carolina calling us Boo U and Agriculture U. And I remember walking in the press conference saying, I want everybody in the state to understand agriculture is better than no culture. Stay with us on The David Glenn Show. Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. Jim Zoki of the Panthers Radio Network live in less than 30 minutes. Lewis Bowling has written the book on Alabama football and Duke football, and those two get together in Atlanta as part of a huge week one of college football. Will Brinson, senior NFL writer for CBS Sports, also co-host of the very popular Pick 6 podcast, joins us now in the aftermath of Andrew Luck's shocking retirement. Former NC State star Jacoby Brissett gets the nod as the starting QB for the Colts. Phillip Rivers is missing key players in L.A. The Carolina Panthers, I saw recently ranked number 18 out of 32 NFL teams. Will, welcome back to the David Glenn Show. How are you? Hey, what's going on, man? Hope you're having a uh, lovely Tuesday afternoon. This so far, so good, man. Football is here. Will Brinson is back. You know, all of the usual signs of an approaching fall are with us here on our statewide program. Uh, we all were shocked, I assume you included, by Andrew Luck's uh, announcement. A lot of players in many sports have come to his defense saying, listen, we don't expect you to feel bad for us because we make millions to put our bodies at risk, but at least try to have just a tidbit of sympathy for a guy who's been fighting the injury cycle for four years now. What was your bottom line as Andrew Luck got booed by some Colts fans and even attacked by a couple of uh, media members? Is Will with us? You got to pick up and make sure he's still. Okay. Call him back. 1-800-849-2761 is your ticket into the program. I hope he heard the question. That way we can get him right back on and get the answer. Obviously, Andrew Luck's decision is the biggest of the entire NFL preseason as preseason week four is tomorrow night. All 32 teams in action, including the Steelers visiting the Panthers. The bigger picture actually more importantly includes on August 31st, meaning this Saturday, all of these NFL teams must go from their current level, which is mostly 90 players or close to it, to the 53 that you're allowed on your opening day NFL roster, and then a maximum of 10 more guys on your practice squad. So how many players can the Panthers keep beyond 53? The answer is a maximum of 10. Just remember, you have to be inexperienced to even be eligible for the practice squad. You want to make the 53? That's where the real money is. Uh, you might have a contract that pays you more, but last year I remember the practice squad standard salary was $129,000. Now, that's good money to most Americans, but there are plenty of people in this listening audience making more money than an NFL practice squad player. Uh, that's not where you want to be ideally. Of course, it beats the uh, unemployment line. Will Brinson of CBS, Darren is rehooking up with him shortly. The Colts move forward with Jacoby Brissett as their starting quarterback. 
A handful of teams, of course, have rookies, a few of them as a starter or a relatively new starter. Kyler Murray of Arizona is under the hottest spotlight, I would think. Most of the other top picks do get to sit and learn at least a little bit, including former Duke star Daniel Jones, the backup for now at least, to Eli Manning with the New York Giants. All right, we have Will Brinson back. The question was about Andrew Luck. It's hard to quantify how many fans were booing or how many media members took shots at Andrew for his early retirement at 29 years old. But what was your bottom line there as so many athletes rushed to Andrew's defense, but at least some number of fans and media went into attack mode? Yeah, sorry, Dave. I think my phone needs to retire as well. But um, the, uh, <laughs> yeah, I uh, no, I mean it was it was crazy. I mean, I would I would put it if I'm if I was ranking like the top, I don't know, five or ten moments just in terms of shock value and bizarre, uh, unexpected circumstances over the past ten years I've covered the NFL for CBS. I mean, it, it's it's right up there. I think it's in the top five. And, and some people are sort of hesitant to agree with that because all the crazy stuff that has happened. You know, whether it's the Patriots, you know, in-game action, you know, deflate gate, helmet gate, whatever it is. But, right. I mean, the idea of a 29-year-old former first-round pick, one of the three best quarterback prospects of the past 35 years, along with Peyton Manning and John Elway, uh, walking away from football when he's a top-five MVP candidate coming into the year and his team is one of the top-five, you know, teams uh, in terms of Super Bowl odds to, to win the Super to, to win the, to win a Lombardi uh, and, and to just completely – leave the game two weeks before the season. I mean, it's, it's an unprecedented situation. And I, I don't know, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know that there's not more to the story, just not, not in the sense of like, he's going to go heel turn and join the XFL and his dad. <laughs> you know, like that. I, I just think that m maybe there's a possibility that he was told by a doctor at some point that, Hey, listen, you know, this thing that we thought was a calf strain that turns out to be this rare uh, bone situation going on your foot. If it, um, you know, if you, if you try to play and it goes south, there's like a 14% chance you, you know, you will be in pain for the rest of your life and, and maybe not walk well. Um, and Andrew Luck's a smart guy. You know, he, he has an architecture degree from, from Stanford. He's a very smart guy. I'm assuming he ran the calculus on whether or not it's worth it to, uh, you know, t to gamble on the 3% chance that he wins a Super Bowl versus the 14% chance that he'll live the rest of his life in pain. And so I, I have to think there's a little bit more than that because, I don't buy that he just is like, well, I'm not, I'm not dealing with two weeks of rehab. I'm, I'm out of here. I'm going to go read a book in Europe. It just it, 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 something doesn't quite add up. Will Brinson is joining us. Find his Pick Six podcast. Follow him on Twitter at Will Brinson. He is the senior NFL writer for CBSSports.com. A little bit off the beaten trail, I found it interesting that U.S. Women's National Team soccer superstar Carly Lloyd, after visiting Eagles camp. And just goofing around with the Ravens and the Eagles kicking field goals, she converted one from 55 yards. She consistently made a bunch from shorter distances. She was just a little wide, I think, on a 57-yarder. She said this week that there's no reason a woman couldn't be at least a place kicker in the NFL, and she personally might consider trying it. And her trainer apparently said that an unnamed NFL team actually offered her a roster spot for this Thursday night but she's busy representing Team USA in soccer against Portugal, I think. Uh, where does that stand in, in your eyes? Because we've seen kickers and other female players many, many years, decades now at the high school level. We've gotten to the point where there's now a scholarship kicker at the college level, but we haven't really seen anything quite like this in the NFL conversation. What do you think? 
Well, I mean, first of all, if it, that, NFL, that unnamed NFL team is pretty obviously the Bears. <laughs> An unnamed NFL team named the Bears. Uh, I mean, uh, my colleague Shaw Wagner did a, uh, a breakdown of, like, you know, looking at serious candidates and whether it makes sense for Carly Lloyd to, to kick for the NFL. Um, look, I, I, you know, I don't see why she couldn't do it. I'm sure there are people out there like, a woman can't kick in the NFL. This is football. <laughs> but the bottom line is that, like, if, if she is physically capable of making 50-plus-yard field goals with a reasonable degree of accuracy, uh, then she can kick in the NFL. I mean, that's, that's all you're asking. Now, is it, is it entirely different when you've got to put on, um, you know, the full uniform and a helmet and go out there with the clock winding down and, and make a kick? Yeah. And, and would, it be a, would it be a different situation? I mean, look, if she, you know, if she joined an NFL team and – um, struggled out of the gate, it would be a a it would be a really rough conversation to have nationally because people would be riled up about it. People would people who didn't want her out there would feel vindicated. Um, and just look at Roberto Aguayo, right? He got taken in the second round. He's one of the most accurate kickers in history, and people people got real enthusiastic about not taking kickers early uh, when when he struggled. So I, I think a female kicker would certainly um, lead to some some interesting conversations in that regard. But yeah, I mean. The idea that, that a, a woman can't play football if she's good at playing football, or at least the particular aspect of it, is it, crazy. I know Keenan Allen, I think, um, himself from the 336 area code, uh, tweeted something like, yeah, it's all fun and games until that kick is blocked and she's got a tackle. Well, I, I don't know, Keenan. I mean, I've seen some kickers, and they're like my size. And, <laughs> I mean, like, you know, like, like a Grammatica brother or like Blair Walsh. I mean, it's not like everybody out there is Sebastian Janikowski. Right. You know, Go through, dudes. I mean, a lot of kickers are smaller guys, and so I, I think it would be crazy not to at least explore the the avenue and in, in a smart NFL team, not a, not a progress. You don't have to be a progressive NFL team, but a smart NFL team uh, should do their due diligence if they need a, a kicker and at least see what this you know professional kicker of balls can offer. We've been asking an NFL question of the day, putting aside Andrew Luck's shocking retirement. What is the NFL team? that for whatever reasons, holdout, injury, or otherwise, you've changed your outlook on them the most since the start of preseason camp. And my answer was the Chargers. If I remember correctly, you have a long and interesting history with Phillip Rivers and the Chargers and prognostications. Uh, sure. But what, what I see, Derwin James, brilliant young safety, major foot injury out on that side. And then Melvin Gordon, LT-like productivity at running back, still holding out, and it doesn't look promising, at least from afar. That's a jolt. That's a double jolt to what was a promising outlook. Not that they can't be good, but I wonder what you think of, of my perspective on the Chargers and then what team jumps out to your mind in your mind, you know, besides the Colts again, uh, as just what things have not gone right over these last 30-plus days. Yeah, no, the Chargers, are, the Chargers are probably the best example, Dave. I, I am. Um, I was throughout the off season going to uh, revisit my annual prognostication <laughs> in which I selected the Chargers to win the Super Bowl. And if uh, hypothetically, if I had put any money down on the Chargers to win the Super Bowl, I would love to get that money back. Yeah. I am also not planning on um, uh, on picking the Chargers to win the Super Bowl because I, I do think the Derwin James injury is huge. I think there is something. I don't, I don't want to go out here and accuse you know medical staffs of having issues, right? But I, I do think that when you annually see the Chargers and Redskins, two teams that are like sort of m not mirror versions, but you know kind of similarities in terms of west, you know, but on the west coast, east coast, um, when you annually see them on the bottom of the list in terms of adjusted games lost, 
Like, that's a luck thing. You should be able to have some regression back to the mean when yeah. it comes to injuries. And the Chargers and the Redskins never do. And it's just an issue. I mean, you know, they lost Hunter Henry last year, Derwin James for, for months this year. The offensive line is, is going to be a little bit of a concern. I'm not worried about the running game. Like, Austin Eckler and, and Justin Jackson can fill in nicely. And I think Hunter Henry is going to have a big year, and Keenan Allen has um, you know, been, been fantastic you know, since he tore his ACL and returned from that. But, yeah, I mean, I just, the division is tough. I think the Broncos are better than people think. The, the Chiefs are, uh, are, are certainly a very good team. And, you know, the Raiders are probably not good, but they're going to be more of a pain than they were last year. So, yeah, I, I think that's a, uh, that's a fantastic call, and I agree with that completely. The other two I would maybe throw out there, because, you know, a lot of times I try not to have my perspective changed too much by preseason. You can get you – know, I picked the Colts and Eagles in the Super Bowl a few years ago, you know, when Chip Kelly was there, and it, it turned into a total disaster for both sides. And, you know, some of that's fueled by you see what the you – know, you see, oh, man, this offense in the preseason looks so good. And, and you know, preseason can, can be a lie oftentimes. Um, I, actually, I'll, I'll give you three teams very quickly. I would say that um, the Detroit Lions I'm sort of starting to like for whatever mm-hmm. reason. They're, they're, uh, you know, Frank Ragnow getting hurt is a, is a problem for that offensive line. But I think Carryon Johnson's going to have a big year. T.J. Hawkinson has really flashed in the preseason. He looks like a guy who could be an impact tight end out of the gate. I'm a big fan of Kenny Galladay. I think Matthew Stafford probably got a raw deal playing with a, a busted back last year. But, you know, at the same time, they lost Gerard Davis to injury. So uh, that, that's certainly a concern. Um, you know, I, I think when you look at the Seattle Seahawks, right, this is a team that uh, doesn't have really an edge presence. L.J. Collier hurt. They traded Frank Clark in the offseason. Um, they, have, you know, they have Rashad Penny and Chris Carson. Tyler Lockett's a great receiver, but all these other receivers are hurt. And that's just a, you know, what are they going to have in the passing game if, if Tyler Lockett, uh, if something happens to Tyler Lockett or if, or if he can't be as efficient as he was last year. So I, I would be, I'm a little uh, concerned about uh, the Seahawks from that perspective. And then the Baltimore Ravens, I think I'm a little higher on than I was going into the preseason. I, I'm, I've always liked Lamar Jackson, had nothing against him. I just think people are really sleeping on this team in the, in the AFC North. I don't think it's going to be this offense that no one could ever see coming or anything like that. But I, I, I tend to think that when you look at the analytics and, and what Mark Ingram can do out of shotgun, uh, run, you know, running out of the shotgun, he, he's very efficient from that regard. Lamar Jackson, if he plays 16 games and can rush as much as they want him to, is going to could put up the first like he could go 3,000, 1,000, or 4,000, 1,000 and just blow people's minds. I mean, he's that he's that talented athletically. I think he's a better passer than a lot of people want to give him credit for. But defensively, this should be a pretty good team. So I would say, the, you know, those teams plus the Chargers, yeah, I mean, a good group of uh, teams that have kind of changed my perception in the in the preseason. His name is Will Brinson. Find his work at CBSSports.com. He is a senior NFL writer there, also co-host of the Pick 6 podcast. On Twitter, he is at Will Brinson. Thank you for the preseason visit. We'll be knocking on your door all season long. Always fun, Dave. Have a great day. You too. Jim Zoki on the Panthers live in about 10 minutes. Lewis Bowling on college football later in hour number three. Your call's in between at 1-800-849-2761. There are some creative proposals from the NFL owners for a longer regular season and a shorter preseason in future NFL campaigns. More on that story with more of your calls next. I don't want those damn dookies rooting for us. They've hated all year long. Let them go right on hate. If the situation were reversed, I would hope they would lose by a hundred. You're in fantasy land if you ever think NC State's going to make it back to the national championship game. So just forget that right now. Go to hell, Carolina. Go to hell. Keeping the peace in NC on the David Glenn Show. Besides the proverbial no major injuries, what are the Panthers hoping to accomplish in preseason game number four against the Steelers in Charlotte on Thursday night? 
And with cuts almost here, getting from 90 to 53 is painful for a lot of players and their families. At what positions might the Panthers look at others' cuts on Saturday to try to upgrade their own top 53? These are among the questions we will pose to Jim Zoki During the preseason, he has the play-by-play -play on the radio side from the Panthers radio network. Jim Zoki next. The great difference between sport and capital E Entertainment and capital S Sport is that we don't know the outcome. And that feeling of uncertainty, positively or negatively, is unique. We are quoting Bob Ryan the way I would quote, you know, Aristotle or Confucius. You're listening to The David Glenn Show.